is sunscreen something I should be using? It's a real question, right? And I'll tell you why. Hormone disruption, all these chemicals in my blood. I mean, you realize that you don't want to get skin cancer, but then you also start to become more aware of all the stuff that's in these products, and you're like, what do I do? So, um, Dr. Ron Dumar, what are your thoughts? Well, and it's a really interesting question because we have a significant um, number of the population that are now vitamin D deficient. And so how do we be be getting appropriate sun exposure so that we can get appropriate vitamin D development in our body without having as much of the paraben and the chemical toxicity that is possible? It's a topic for this week's episode of Be Well Now. Welcome, everyone. I'm Nick, the curious patient in Dr. Ron Dumar's office. Um, I've been wanting to do this one for a while, right? Because it's like, vitamin D is good for you. Mm-hmm. you Got to have the D. You know, yeah. it's, 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 you get the blood tested for the vitamin D. But then you're like, well, everyone out there says you should be wearing sunscreen and skin cancer and all these different issues. So it's like, help me understand where I should start here. Because like, we're, we're in the middle of like spring. It's about to be summertime. Yeah. I can think to myself, I want sunshine, but I can't bring my kids outside for three hours in the roasting sun and not protect them. Yeah, well, I th- I think the key, uh, hopefully that people take away today, is that there is nuance in this discussion as well, uh, and that there there is a gradient of good, better, best as far as products and different things that you'll look for. Uh, and even your body has the capacity to clear and detoxify certain things if you have an exposure right? Or if you're, you have been overusing um, to some degree. So the place I would start is let's first picture ourselves on the beach because, well, that's a nice place to be. And we happen to be in a landlocked state. So we all like to be uh, on the shoreline. And what you see happening here on the beach is uh, usually parents with kids, very consistent lathering, oftentimes... Um, you can't see their skin <laughs> through the through the uh, copious application of sunscreen. And they're doing that in what they've been taught in our society is their way of protecting their child from the sun. Yeah, I mean, we just want to protect our kids. Yeah, and we it's... We have a tough enough time protecting ourselves, but we feel like with our kids we have a, a second chance at doing this right. So we're going to try to take the best advice we can and run with it. And that's the problem is like, what is the best advice about sunscreen? So here we are protecting ourselves from nature. We're protecting ourselves from the environment. We're protecting ourselves from everything that seems to actually occur naturally in nature. And uh, it's it happens in um, almost every industry. It happens with vaccinations. It happens in medicine. It happens in so many different places that we end up feeling like we have to protect ourselves from some natural thing. So how did we originally protect ourselves from the sun? If you've been on a, um, if you've been out in a wilderness survival trip and not had access to sunscreen, how would you protect yourself from the sun? That's an interesting question. Um, And the key, I guess, there would be, well, you probably would use some mud, or if you had some clothing, that would be the easiest way to protect yourself from the, the sun. Or shade, right? And again, when we say protect yourself, we're not saying protect yourself from 
every exposure to the sun. But we're wanting to protect you from prolonged exposures uh, to the sun. Do you ever wear sunscreen? I rarely, very, very rarely. But again, it's um, it, it's because of how frequently I am exposed to the sun um, and how much, right? So let me let me tell you this. In order to get the appropriate amount of vitamin D development in the body, so the, the sun sends rays. This is one reason that we should not be afraid of our environment and the sun rays in particular. Um, the sun sends rays. It sends UVB rays and it sends UVA rays. Those are rays in particular, those two sets, that uh, we look at saying, okay, what should we protect against? And typically we're looking to protect against the UVB rays. Okay, So UVA rays are actually okay. We want them to be able to penetrate um, and move and signal things and enzyme production in the body, such as vitamin D. So our body naturally produces hormones as a result of sun exposure. Well, it produces a whole lot more than that. It produces neurotransmitters. Uh, anyone who's gone out on a walk and, and uh, known and paid attention to their state of mind, they realize, oh, I actually feel better. I feel improved from being out in this environment, having the sun and nature exposed to my skin in my environment because it sends signals to your body, literally, to produce uh, hormones and to produce neurotransmitters and vitamins and minerals that are necessary for your, for your health. So when we talk about sunscreen... We do want to prevent ourselves from overexposure. So the question is how much? Well, you have to have at least 20, um, 20 minutes, I'd say maybe even 20 to 30 minutes of sun exposure to 75% of your body in order to get the appropriate amount of vitamin D every single day. Could you do like two hours on just your face? Yeah, you could do a long, you could do a long time sun exposure, Typically, we do it on our face, and most of us are just deficient. Sure. Right? So the reason you have to do it throughout your entire body is because, obviously, my trunk is a lot of the area that when the rays penetrate, we're going to have that stimulation to the kidney and to the liver to begin to produce the cholecalcitriol, the vitamin D, essentially, the precursors to the production of vitamin D. And so we need that exposure to other areas of our skin and our body as well. The skin is an organ, right? Our skin is an organ. Which is why I think so of putting... So we have to treat it like an organ. Yeah, but when you put like a chemical over your skin, which is the organ and porous and everything, yeah, that's something I'm very aware of. Like, what am I doing here? So obviously you need a lot of sun exposure, 25 to 30 minutes a day. But again, I'm talking about the real world. Yes. People who are conscious enough to care about this stuff, but like... They don't have so how do education. we do it? Like, tell me stuff I can use because yeah. I don't. Like, we've got one brand you carry here. It's called Emergency. Um, we're gonna have a list of a few brands you recommend in the description, but yeah. there's 50 ingredients on here, and even that seems a lot to me as a natural yeah, there's, guy. There's so. grades of yeah. of ingredients, right? And um, and so there are other brands like Earth Mamas is a really good brand. Badger Kids is a good brand. Um, Sun Biologic. And then also there's uh, organic, the organic pharmacy. All of those make some pretty good sunscreen uh, products that are that are quite natural. Okay, um, 
So we kind of jumped to the end from the beginning, but now let's go and, and maybe move through the middle. Why would we want to uh, be selecting a natural sunscreen? Or, or what type of ingredients do we want to look out for? Yeah, and like what are some of these other sunscreens that we may think are just protecting our kids' skin? What's happening chemical-wise in the body after a single use? So a number of them are, we call them endocrine disruptors. And the endocrine system, this is major. Like a lot of people, I have, have I'd say almost 90% of my patients now are worried about their hormones. So I think it's a big, big conversation out there. And it's something very significant and serious on people's minds is how do we help with proper hormone regulation. And um, as we move from perimenopause to menopause for a female, and if we're using certain substances that are actually disrupting hormone balance, that's a problem, right? And if we're, if we're beginning the process of maturation as a male or a female, and we're using hormone disruptors, that's an issue, right? And so this is... If, in fact, when we often are using them as parents on our kids is when they're getting into this point of usually we use it in copious amounts when they're really young. And then, you know, they get to be 10, 11, 12, 13. And at some point we start to care. Well, we care always, but it's like we have less ability to actually lather them just because they're becoming more and more independent, right? Um, but those endocrine disruptors can be so problematic during those times of maturation. And we are, you mentioned parabens, right? like plastics and different things like that. Well, these are, can elicit toxicity to fertility. They can cause difficulty for patients in even achieving conception, right? Um, and obviously, ovulation issues and, and uh, all sorts of related gynecological problems, but they can also cause testosterone disruption as well, okay? So we look at that, and that's just one, the paraben, but there's a list of them. There's, uh, there's, there's one called exibenzone, which has another name, which is benzo, benzophenone 3. So we should look for benzophenone 3 on the label? Uh-huh, yeah, benzophenone 3 or oxybenzone. Yep. What are the other names? There's I know you can tell me they're, why they're bad, but can we just name what they are okay, <laughs> so yeah. I can look so for them? Octino, octinoxate, okay? OMC is often what that's listed as, OMC. Okay. Okay, so you look at that and you're like, oh, it's not, it doesn't say octinoxate, but, well, it's OMC is what it's listed at. And it might might come across as, I don't know what OMC is. If you're concerned about any um, any ingredient then I would actually just type it in to Google at this point and look it up. That's what I often do. And um, again, we're going to have a list of brands you recommend in the show notes, and then if they wanted to order like emergency from your website. Yeah, if they want to order if they want to order it, they can reach out to us and we can ship it to them or whatever. Community yeah. Health and Wellness mm-hmm. in Hever City. Sorry, I'm just trying. I often need enough explanation to sort of get there, and then I'm like, just tell me what to use. And then tons of people out there want every little detail. And uh, so I'm just trying to meet everybody where they're at. So we had OMC. So homosalate or homosalate. 
Okay, it might give you a better idea of how it's spelled, H-O-M-O-S-A-L-A-T-E. It is, again, it's a reproductive and developmental toxicity. So if you, if you have a, a sunscreen that you're applying to a developing child, right, or to a mother who's pregnant, and she's applying this thing to her largest organ of her body, which is her skin, Right, and it's actually a developmental toxicity. Well, that makes it really difficult for uh, neurological development and and production of growth and tissue for a developing fetus, right? and also for a young child who's constantly growing and developing and re-expanding and developing neuro- his neurology, his immune system developing um, his physiology and expanding his the size of his organs as well. We need proper nutrients and to minimize that toxic load and toxic exposure over time as much as possible so that our children have the greatest opportunity of developing naturally. So that's a homosalate. The other one is parabens, which you mentioned, and then phthalates. Phthalates, this, is, this one can be kind of hard to find. I feel like I've heard of phthalates or P. Yeah, so it's PHT. Phthalates is, you know, PHT. How do you say that in English? Yeah. Right? So phthalates is often what I say. Um, but it is P-H-T-A-L-A-T-E-S. Phthalates. Okay? But these are disguised frequently as fragrances. Now, fragrances are usually uh, a formula. Like they put a grouping of different nutrients, chemicals, whatever, together. And technically, if something's a formula, they can patent it and then it can be um, proprietary. So they don't have to list it, right? So they don't have to list what the individual ingredients are in there on the label. But it should say fragrance or phthalates. Okay, so if you see one and you're looking at it and it says the fragrance and it's not listing where the fragrance is coming from, you know, some fragrance might come from orange peel. Well, that would be, that's a great place to get fragrance from, right? Uh, Or cinnamon. Cinnamon can provide fragrance or clove, right? There's a lot of really good natural places to get fragrance from or hibiscus. You know, there's, there are natural ways of getting fragrance and putting fragrance into, into these um, products. But if it's not listed and it just says fragrances, then I would be very cautious on that. All right. So give me give me advice on doing sunscreen for my kids. Okay. Because so I can't go out to the beach or golfing or to the park for three hours on a sunny day and not do sunscreen. No. But or am so I doing the, a big hat, a certain kind of clothes? Like how do I manage sun in the real world? So the way to manage sun ultimately is you want your kids to get sun. You want them to get sun. So the difficult, here's the difficult part is it's easiest to lather them up before they go. But it's not ideal for sun exposure. So the most ideal really is to let them have sun exposure, right, for a period of time. And then once, you know, you set out a blanket, let's say you're out at a, at a park or something and they're playing, you have a blanket, there's a place that they come back to and you have food there. Well, they'll come back eventually for food. So you let them be there for a minute playing around 
And after, usually it's going to be 15 to 30 minutes before they come back. And maybe it's 10 minutes, but somewhere around there, the first time they come back, well, hey, let's put some sunscreen on you. There you go, right? You got them their sun exposure free of sunscreen for at least 20 to 30 minutes. You know, you did your due diligence as, as a parent and you feel good about it now, right? And you also protected them from over sun exposure um, for that day. Now, my face and my arms, and my legs, those areas that typically get a lot of sun, just generally, or typically get sun exposure throughout the year, I will, I will pay a lot less attention to them. Like I'll put some maybe over the bridge of my nose, um, but I'll pay less attention to them than I will to my shoulder, my back, my chest, um, those areas that tend to get a lot less frequent sun exposure. Based on a person's activities, they might actually get really frequent sun exposure to their whole body. Uh, in that in that case, they can you know judge it for themselves. But it it is critical and important to get um, vitamin D uh, production and the the neurotransmitter production and the things that we talked about before um, from sun exposure, free of sunscreen. So, would you recommend not putting on like a facial moisturizer that has sunscreen in it first thing? Correct. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put that on. Not until after you've gotten some sun exposure. So you want some, just you or your kids get the sun exposure first. There's, a, I mean, but if you get skin cancer, that's a big deal, right? So like, absolutely. What? How do you? How do you deal with that? I'm looking at you know some white spots on my arm from a lifetime of sun exposure, thinking, okay, what what is that? Right? It's like so skin cancer comes from over sun exposure. It comes from uh, over. Uh, Again, it comes from too much sun exposure, and so tissue damage, right, and cellular damage that initiates a um, a process where the cells begin to multiply and and reproduce without control. Okay, so there's there's more going on in uh, like squamous cell cancer than um, than just sun exposure. Okay. And chemical and chemical exposure is actually part of that story. And so chemicals and chemical exposure can actually elicit um, that, the production of cancers as well. It's pretty complicated, I'm guessing. Yes. It's not just one thing. Well, yeah, it's a, there's a nuance to it, right? And again, that's why we want to, with these chemicals, first of all, those are the things that we want to eliminate or reduce. So let's look at that. And then and then when it comes to, okay, now I've I feel like I've gotten a pretty good healthy sunscreen. I'm not just using the one I bought at the gas station over the counter or whatever and not just using the one because I like it because it smells like bananas and and coconuts or whatever, but I'm using one that I I've I've researched and I've looked at the ingredients and I feel comfortable with the fact that I can put this on myself and on my children. Um, and that will be, at least for the knowledge that I have, as well protected as possible, okay? And then not fearing our environment. So it's, it's putting all these pieces together. I have to realize that there's a benefit to my environment. There's a benefit to sun exposure. Sun is healing. The rays of the sun are actually healing to my body. If I put a, a cut out in the sun, 
it will help it to heal faster rather than just keeping it covered all the time. In fact, it can, it can become infected if it gets dirt and if it doesn't have sun. Sun can actually, the rays of the sun um, can actually be anti-infective and perform in kind of an antibiotic type of way. There are certain, um, there are certain biotic species that don't do well to sun, in sun exposure, right? And so the sun plays a significant role um, in our health overall. What about on your lips, like your lower lip? Applying sunscreen? Or just a, chap, a chapstick with sunscreen, because that's an area that can get a, kind of burned up. Yes. Well, again, and, and you have to look at what areas you, because this is individually, we're looking at individual biology at this point. What areas seem to be most affected for certain people, right? Um, for some people, it might be, oh, you know what, I tend to get blisters around my lip with sun exposure. Okay, well, then protect your, yeah, be more protective of the lips in that area because certainly if you're, if sun exposure gets you to the point where you're having repeated blisters, right, well, then we need to protect against that. It's so interesting. We market to the masses, but like, when I talk to you over these last couple of years, it's just so individual. Health is very yeah. It's not a human. one size fits all. It's not just the you know. It's not just the McDonald's approach of you know. Here's one burger that we offer, and it's for the world. Which is kind of what this podcast is about. Then is like trying to offer some nuance mm-hmm. and some information. Absolutely. And some ability for you out there to trust your own intuition, armed with some knowledge. But that's a really hard message to give to the masses when it's like. Sun will lead to cancer. You need to put this on your body. And it's like, well, yes, but, or the nuances are there. Well, and and the interesting thing is you can look at the studies and the research. The research does show both of those sides. Yeah. And what it shows is that um, sun exposure, over sun exposure, can lead to cancers. Okay. And, And the research is there. Right. So, so yeah, how do we do that? Like you said, clothing. Clothing is an, an easy way to do that. A big hat, right, is a great way to do that. Um, uh, some kids will wear a swim shirt, right? So you can, you can bring a swim shirt uh, to, the, to the pool or to the beach and start without the shirt, right? And then the first time your kid comes back, boom, put the shirt on him. Right, and then you can put some sunscreen on his face or wherever you think, and he needs a little more added protection. Okay, um, the the key is again going back to we're trying to avoid as much chemical toxicity. We don't want that chemical um, and the endocrine disruption moving from the skin layer because the skin will take things into the body. It'll become synonymous with the body. Oftentimes. People, uh, I've heard people say, well, no, the, the skin is really just there to protect things from going into the body. And that's, that's true, but it also is there to bring things into the body. It absorbs. We take things through and into the, the body through our skin. So basically anything that we apply, whether it's a lotion or if it's a, if it's a chemical that gets spilled or even gas, we're working with, you know, in an engine room or with oils, those things to some degree are going to become contiguous with the internal environment of the body. 
And we have to be very cautious with our exposure to those things. So when I, when I talk about sunscreen and we talk about sun exposure, the number one key is make sure that we're, getting, we're not afraid of the environment. We're getting our natural exposure, but then have those key protections like clothing and a healthy chemical low or chemical free sunscreen um, so that you can be protected from over sun exposure. And okay. that way you get both. That sounds great. And I want to wrap this up, but I do want to say, let's say I just got sunburned. Yeah. Okay. Day after. Yes. What, what uh, supplements, what aloe vera, what, yeah. what can I do for my body to help myself heal? That'd so, be a nice way to wrap this up. Yeah. Al- aloe vera is actually the number one. And I would get like some aloe vera juice, have aloe vera juice and just keep it in your fridge. And drink it? Yeah. You can drink it, but also apply it topically. Oh, mm-hmm. so just at like a, what, a natural grocers? Like yep. Just, it's called aloe vera juice. Just They're, Yeah, especially if you go to natural grocers, they'll have aloe vera juice. They'll have so many different varieties. There'll be aloe vera gel there as well. Um, and then we like in our house to use the aloe vera plant. So we'll just break off a leaf of the aloe vera plant, slice it in half, and then just rub it over the, the sunburn as well. And that will... Um, bring about healing to the tissue and to the skin. Uh, some people like to apply like liniments or ointments or I, I don't really find that any of that is entirely necessary. Uh, we just use aloe vera. That's it? Mm-hmm. And then rehydrate? That's, all, that's all, all I use. Yeah, for you want to stay hydrated. Vitamins, minerals, what to ingest. Uh, you, you can drink some of the aloe vera as well to help it go systemic. Um, but And it'll also help with the internal environment and reducing the overall amount of heat um, that the body's experiencing. But, yeah, apply it topically. It's a, it's a simple thing that we can all get. We don't have to make it more complicated than it is. Love it. Um, so, so why? Hey, man, let's enjoy the sun, and uh, hopefully this helped. We have uh, links in the show notes for more info if you're curious about those products. And let's go out and live our... Live our best lives. Live our best lives in the sun. And be well. Yes. Be well and be well now. Absolutely. Namaste, everybody. Thanks Namaste. for listening. Namaste.